What do you think of when it comes to religious freedom? Do you even think of religious freedom? What if practicing your religion resulted in your imprisonment? Uh-oh, let's get into it. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast, where we share the gospel of Jesus Christ through the art form of audio drama. Yes, and that includes sound effects. I'm Timothy Gregory. And I think we as Americans understand that freedom of religion means the right to worship as you please. However, in communist countries, it means you have the freedom to worship only atheism, the god of communism. Even so, some people still worship the god of creation. You're about to meet a man who stood against communism to worship the one true god on this week's Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. The man in our story had a great passion, a passion that led to his extreme persecution, but he didn't let it go, which begs the question, if your greatest passion were challenged enough, would you consider letting it go? What would it take for you to do so? Life? Death? These heavy questions were certainly necessary for the man in our story. Will there come a day when they will be necessary for you to answer? Well, let's explore that together right now. Also, you want to stick around because later we're going to give the rest of you an opportunity to enter yet another sweepstakes drawing for a prize. No, it's not a cash prize, but it is a prize, and I think it's a prize that you are really going to like if we draw your name. But first, let's get to it, folks. Part two of the true story of Harlan Popoff. I'm sure we'll be fine, Ruth. Hello, what is the... We have come to search your house. Sir, my family is still asleep and... Out I... of our way. Ah! Harlan, what does this mean? Harlan, Papa, you must come with us. I, I don't understand. For what? Just a little questioning. Daddy? Rhoda. Please, don't go, please. I'll be fine, my sweet. Mama, they're taking Daddy. They're taking Daddy. Rhoda. Let go of Daddy. Come along, Rhoda. I'll be right back. No, you won't. Now! This is Unshackled, dramatizing true life stories produced in Chicago by Pacific Garden Mission. Since 1877, Pacific Garden Mission has been giving a home to the homeless and giving hope to the hopeless. It is the oldest continuously operating rescue mission in the country. Thanks to generous donations from people like you, we give each person a hot meal, fresh clothes, and a safe place to sleep. Most importantly, we give them hope and show them the love of God. Now for broadcast around the earth, here is episode number 3700 in the series, Unshackled, the program that makes you face yourself and think. The man in our story faced severe persecution, all because of his religious beliefs. What he learned in the darkness can shine light into whatever you're facing right now. Discover what faith can do in the face of death as we bring you part two of the true story of Harlan Popoff, 
right now on Unshackled. At the police station, I was searched from head to toe, locked in a filthy cell littered with rubbish and an old clay pot for a toilet. My crime? I refuse to embrace communism. State why you are here. I, uh, three men came to my home early this morning and took me here to your office. I have been in a prison cell all day long, but I don't know why. No one has told me anything. Don't play games with me, Popov. Stand. Face that wall. Eight inches away, and do not move. You will stand there until I return for your answer tomorrow morning. We'll see if you are any smarter by then. God, thank you that I can pray to you in my thoughts, even while this guard watches me. I know what's ahead. Standing here for hours, days maybe, no sleep. I realize I'm about to lose everything dear to me on earth. My wife, my church, my children, my home, and quite possibly my life. I need a sign, Lord. Some sign that you are here. Anything, even. Even a cricket singing a song. God, you know so well how sometimes the smallest things can bring hope. Thank you for your precious gift to me. The very thing I need right now. You, you are right here beside me. God, I need you. And for all the unknown I am about to face, I'm going to need you now more than I ever have. Please, stay close. After intense interrogation, I was transferred. In my cell, all was silent, dark, cold as death. I was forgotten, forsaken. The floor was so wet, I couldn't lie down. I huddled in the corner, shivering. I lost all sense of time and I was losing all sense of sanity. Once in a while, I heard a metal plate slide inside. <laughs> Food, if you could call it that. Three or four carrots or a rotten potato with worms, a little water on the side. God, will I die here? I have been starved, beaten, forgotten, told I would rot here. Weeks now, and I don't know if I... Wait, is that a light? A glow? I can't tell. Jesus? Jesus. <laughs> I know you are here. I know you are with me, and I hear you. I hear you. You will never forsake me. I know this. I am not hallucinating. This, this is real. I can feel your presence so close. I am ready, ready to go, ready for you to take me. What? Hello? Prisoner Popov. Yes? Get up. Come on, get up. You're coming with us. I was back in the cell block where I was before. My cellmate was a hunched over man. A small man with a big heart. Pastor Ivan Angolov. It must have felt awful. Yes. The deepest darkness seemed like forever. How many days was I there? Thirty-five. And most likely you would have died there, Haralan. 
Except... Except? Except for God. What happened, Ivan? Comrade Anef, the one who ordered you to rot in that cell. He was transferred. Transferred? Evidently, God has still a purpose for you to fulfill. Yes. Yes, he does. Prisoner Angelov. Yes. You have mail here. Thank you. What is it, Ivan? I have no idea. No. No, it cannot be. What is it, Ivan? All my underclothes, all my shirts from home. I don't understand. This is what they do. What they do when your wife dies. Maria, my beloved Maria is gone. Oh, Ivan, my dear brother. Have you heard the news? What news? They've classified us pastors as unreformed. 400 of us. Said they are transferring us to Berlin. The island prison, hard labor. I've heard stories, Haravan. Horror. Unlike anything we've seen yet. We were taken by train, packed tightly, standing up in hot, humid cars over 100 degrees. Men collapsed all around me. Then we were put on boats to the island. Guards were stationed at towers about a mile apart. This strip of land along the coastline was forbidden territory. Anyone found there was shot immediately. And now, the work began. You are prisoners of Belene. Your job? Harvest the wheat. Thresh it. You will work from 3 a.m. to 9 p.m. 18 hours every day. It was an impossible quota to meet, so they punished us by reducing our food rations. As I worked in the field, left and right, I saw men die from overwork. Prisoner Popov. Yes? You have mail. I have gone through it. Here. Thank you. What is it, Haralan? Ivan! Ivan, look! All my underclothes, all my shirts from home! Ruth! Ruth is dead! Haralan, that is not necessarily true. It was true for you! Yes, but... It... Who is taking care of my children, Ivan? I... Haralan, you have to leave this in God's hands. Listen, you have to. You're right. But this... This is the worst torture of all. After that package, I went through my darkest days of all. I would never get to hold Ruth in my arms again. And my thoughts kept racing to my children, Rhoda and Paul. What would the communists do to them? This being the height of sunflower season, we must produce. But our esteemed prison director is not happy with your lack of productivity. Therefore, he is ordering us to speed up your labor. You will no longer march to the sunflower field. You will run the entire four miles. You will notice we have guards over there on horseback. They will be chasing you to make sure you keep up your pace. Do not dare fall, or the guards will make you sorry you did. 
Now, get running! We arrived at the sunflower field, exhausted to move. The guards seemed to enjoy beating us. Meantime, we became starving skeletons. One day, while harvesting corn, the boy beside me was so hungry he dared to break off an ear of corn for himself. He was shot to death for trying not to starve. It was a field of death. Another dear friend of mine was shot for trying to eat a blade of grass. Such was the glory of communism. And they were not done with me yet. Folks, we'll get back to Harlan's story in just a moment. But first, I want to share a bit about how our ministry is able to bring hope to people all over the world. Unshackled is now in its 71st year of spreading the good news through powerful stories about real people. Our success is a result of God's blessing and the involvement of, well, supporters like you. When you contribute to Unshackled, it has a direct impact. Your support allows us to hire quality writers, talented actors, as you can hear, a skilled production team, and a devoted staff. Through your support, we're able to share Unshackled worldwide. So, in order to continue the work of spreading the gospel and allowing us to offer this program for free, won't you consider making a donation to Unshackled? It's really quite easy. All you need to do is click on the live link, if there's one where you're listening, or visit our podcast website at unshackledpodcast.org. That's unshackledpodcast.org, and then click the donate button. Or you can always write a check, Unshackled, we take checks. You mail that check to 1458 South Canal Street, Chicago, Illinois, 60607. We thank you for your partnership in our ministry. And now, back to part two of the true story of Harlan Popoff. Harlan, I just got word from Dragan, my friend who works in the prison office. Someone from the outside got word to him about your wife and children. Yes, they escaped to Sweden. Oh, yes. Thank you, God. My family was finally out of reach of the communists. No longer could they evict my wife and children from whatever home they found. No longer could they stop Ruth from getting a job or hassle anyone who helped my family. They were free. A huge burden fell from my shoulders. I would probably never see them again. But at least I could die knowing they were safe and communicating. Ivan, look! What is it? A letter from my daughter Rhoda. She's 12 now. Listen. With God's help, we have come to Sweden and are now in Stockholm. And look at this, a photograph from Ruth. Oh. What church is that? This is the church in London where we were married. But there's more. Oh, Ruth, you are so very clever. You got past the censors. She did? <laughs> look at the sign in front of the sanctuary. Prayer changes things. That's her message to me, the very message I needed to hear. She knows. She knows. Oh, Ruth. It was Christmas, 
The Danube River flooded, washing out wooden poles that had been set into the ground. We were ordered into the icy river to retrieve the poles and load them onto a raft. I was in the middle of the river, shivering, frozen, when the raft disintegrated from under me. Ah! Well, help! Help me! I can't! Ah! Help me! Someone! Lord, help me! Suddenly, strength poured into my body, and I swam. I swam with a strength far beyond my own. I finally made it to the muddy shore, utterly exhausted. There, shivering in the cold mud at Christmas. That's when I heard it. Bells, church bells, ringing out the good news. Christ is born, Christ redeems. I felt tears roll down my cheeks, tears of joy. Every note of the bells infused a new hope in my spirit and a new resolve. I thought we had lost you, my friend. Ivan, they can no longer harm my family, and I don't care anymore what they do to me. What are you saying? I have a new mission, to lead as many people as possible to Christ, in whatever way I can. This will be my new fight, and I am determined, Ivan. I will fight the good fight. They took away my pulpit, so I resolved that my pulpit would be wherever I was. My congregation was my fellow prisoners, and my church was the prison yard or the barracks, under cover, under their noses, under God. I led scores of prisoners to Christ, and they were set free in the most significant way. There's one thing I'm missing, Ivan. But really, in this place, it would be impossible. You know what Jesus says about the impossible? With God, all things are possible. So, what is your impossible, my friend? More than anything else, I need a Bible. I've been praying for one. But I... Hold on. Stoil! Yeah? Come over, please. What are you doing? I'm rolling cigarettes. Yes, but what are you using for paper? This book. Let me see. Here. It's the New Testament! The Bible, where did you get this? Trash can. I've not seen a Bible for five years. Sorry. Here, this is all the money I've been saving up for the prison canteen for the last year. Soil, you can have it, all of it. All of it? All the money I have for your Bible. Pastor, since you want it that badly here, you can have it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Stoil. I knew that New Testament was a precious treasure. I also knew I had a limited time. If the prison guards found it, they would destroy it. So, I memorized it. I hid it wherever I could, and I hid it in my heart as well. Twelve? Has it been twelve years? Thirteen, Ivan. Thirteen years since I was kidnapped. Rhoda was nine, now she's twenty-two, married and has a little son of her own. And my four-year-old Paul is now seventeen. I look back and realize I could have been released. I had several chances. And become a puppet pastor? No, you would have been part of destroying Christianity and betraying Christians in Bulgaria. Instead, you are spreading the good news to every prisoner you meet. God has helped me, Ivan. 
There are now Bible classes in every prison where I stayed. I left behind scriptures carved on the walls of every cell I lived. God has used me to lead scores of men to Christ. I am so richly blessed. You feel it, don't you? Feel what? Your time here is ending. You know me well, my brother. I was given credit for hard labor, so my time in prison was shortened by two years. On September 25th, I heard the guard come for me. I'd heard this sound hundreds of times before, but this day, it was different. Prisoner Popov, pack up your things. You are free. Adalan! Adalan! The day has come! I will miss you, Ivan. Oh, you as well, my brother. Adalan, remember what others have told you. Dum spiro spero. As long as I breathe, I hope. Keep breathing and don't forget us. I never will. After 13 years in prison, I was now on the outside looking in. I stood there, alone, in the shadow of the prison, clutching my suitcase, staring at the walls. 13 years of lonely nights, torture, beatings, starvation, horrors. I reconnected with my brother Ladin and old friends, but was reminded that though I was on the outside, freedom was not a given. You and I may be free now, but our entire country is a prison, unbarred from the pulpit for life. Somehow, I'm thinking this has not stopped you. I pastor an underground church. I have been arrested and beaten numerous times. Many churches have been closed. The only ones the communists allow are those with the men they choose for the pulpits. And so, we meet in barns, in attics, basements, anywhere we can. Ladin, I have to see my family. How? I am praying for an outright miracle, that I can get a passport to Sweden to see them again. But reality is, I have two marks against me for life. I am an ex-prisoner and I am an unregistered pastor. You've seen God do the impossible before. Until he does, I will help you and the church in any way I can. Thank you. You can stay with me. No, I'd be a danger to you. For the sake of our church, I must stay elsewhere. But I will join you in the fight. Very well, my brother. I discovered an abandoned attic used as a storage area. Dusty, cobwebs everywhere, leaky roof, no heat, no water. But I was content. Much better than any prison cell I had been in for the last 13 years. And then there was Baba Maria. Baba is a beloved Bulgarian nickname for grandma. And Baba Maria embodied the word. Wrinkled on the outside, full of life on the inside. She lived nearby and I would visit. So you need a passport. Well, of course. Haralan. It's time you get out of that attic. I want you to start leading our prayer meetings. Well, I... Thank you, Haralan. You're hired. I finally was able to communicate with Ruth. She said she would move to Bulgaria to be with me. That was my Ruth. But I knew at any time, either one of us could be arrested and thrown into prison again. As much as I hated it, she needed to stay in Sweden. For now. Haralan. I know God has called you to serve your people, but by all means, you must get out to the free world. 
Wake up the Christians to help us. That's how you can serve us best. I believe you're going to get your passport to Sweden. Baba, I have seen God do the impossible, but this... <laughs> Enough of this doubting talk. You just watch. With Baba's encouragement, I asked for permission to leave Bulgaria. Of course, I was denied immediately. Baba prayed and got others to pray. Christians all across Bulgaria began to pray for my passport. And then... Baba, look at this. A letter from the Ministry of Internal Affairs. Orders to report to their office. Same, Brother Harlan. There's your passport. You're going to get permission to go. I didn't. I sat down across from a large man with a very deep scowl, the chief deputy. Mr. Popov, your daughter in Sweden has written a letter to the premier leader of the Soviet Union. What? Rhoda wrote a letter to... To Nikita Khrushchev. That's my daughter. What? Nothing. This. This is the letter right here. Do you actually think this stunt is going to help you get a passport? I was hoping that... You are sadly mistaken. I am ordering you now. You tell your family never to write another letter on your behalf. And you are hereby barred from ever making another application to leave the country. Ever. Is there any way... No! I warn you, Popov. I am in charge of passports. And I will never... Repeat, never give you one. You're an ex-prisoner and an unregistered pastor. Just one of those things would bar you forever, but you are both. Get out of here and do not ever come back. Haralan, no one can stand in the way of God. But Baba... No buts. Get your bags packed, Haralan. You're going to Sweden. Then something remarkable happened. The Bulgarian Communist Party held its annual conference. An argument broke out in the meeting. Several communist leaders were kicked out of office, including the chief deputy. On December 28th, three days after Christmas, I got a gift. Baba, look, a letter. You are asked to report to the passport office. Your passport to travel to Sweden to join your family is being granted. Haraland, I don't like to tell you I told you so, but I told you so. Now, go get your passport. Once again, God made the impossible possible. On December 31st, 1962, just 10 minutes before New Year's Day, my plane touched down in Stockholm, Sweden. Daddy! Rhoda! Ruth! Haralan! Oh. Daddy, I missed you. And I missed you so. Well, now who is this? This is my husband, Yuhani. And, Daddy, this is your grandson. Oh. And, oh, Paul, my son. My son. Dad, I've missed you so much. And right on cue, the bells rang in the new year. A new beginning. My mind flashed back to my time in the mud, listening to the church bells at Christmas. And now here I was, weeping for joy once more. 
Sometimes I wake up and I can't believe it. I'm back home. And you're here beside me? I am beyond happy, Ruth. But there's something on your heart, Haralan. Yes. God helped me fight the good fight all those years. But Ruth, my fight isn't over. Not until I have done all I can to help my brothers and sisters who are persecuted. They told me not to forget, and I won't. I want to start a ministry to help them. Mm. Well, tell me your thoughts. You already know, Haraland. I will go where you go. With Ruth by my side, we began Door of Hope International, waking up the church to help our persecuted brothers and sisters, providing Bibles to the underground church and sending radio broadcasts to people behind the walls of oppression. We speak up and speak out for those who are silenced. And we are making a difference because we will never forget as long as I breathe. In 1988, at the age of 82, Harlan Popoff returned to his beloved Bulgaria where he was warmly welcomed back in his homeland. He looked around him and saw his Bulgarian brothers and sisters now with Bibles of their own to read. Bibles provided by the ministry of Door of Hope. He breathed a deep sigh of contentment. Three weeks later, Harlan Popoff died. At Forest Lawn Cemetery in Glendale, California, his gravesite bears this scripture. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. 2 Timothy 4.7 Listening friend, more Christians are suffering for their faith than any other time in history. Millions of believers live in places like China, North Korea, Afghanistan, and Syria, and are discriminated against, imprisoned, violently attacked, and even killed, all because they believe in Jesus. But just like Harlan Popoff, we can pray for these brothers and sisters in Christ. And listening friend, if you personally feel trapped in a dark prison of despair, loneliness, or grief, know this. The same Jesus who embraced Harlan in his prison can embrace you in yours. And the message of Jesus speaks to you now. I will never forsake you. Ask him, and Jesus will set you truly free if you'll repent and believe in him as your Lord and Savior. If you need someone to talk to about this crucial matter, contact us at Pacific Garden Mission, 1458 South Canal Street, Chicago, Illinois, 60607 or call 1-888-NEED-HIM. Now, we love hearing from our listeners here on the Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast, so send us your questions and we'll answer them here. It can be something you're curious about or just something you want to share with us. All you have to do is write us at podcast at unshackled.org or call and leave us a message at 312-281-1264. We'd love to hear from you. Now, before we get to our sweepstakes drawing info, I just want to remind you to subscribe or like our Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. You can even share it or tell a friend. We'd also love for you to review or rate our podcast, and 
Don't forget to check out our other podcasts on this same platform, Unshackled Daily Devotionals and Unshackled in Person. We appreciate your input and involvement in our ministry. And again, please consider supporting us so we can freely offer quality Christian programming to the world. Okay, now for the fun part. It's officially time to announce the winner of our prize for our sweepstakes contest. Now, to remind you, our prize is a beautiful wooden scripture plaque. The scripture on this particular plaque is John 8:12. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. And the winner of the sweepstake drawing for this beautiful scripture plaque is, drum roll, thank you, 13-year-old Nathaniel McManus. When we called Nathaniel, we learned he listens to Unshackled every night and tells everyone he knows about our show. <laughs> well, Nathaniel, we have been so blessed by your support and your enthusiasm. We pray this gift can always remind you of the truth of God's Word. And we look forward to meeting you in person someday if you come down to the mission and see an Unshackled episode live, which we do here every Saturday. A big thank you to everyone else who entered, and be sure to stay tuned for our next sweepstakes drawing for another chance to win. And next time... Big day today. Yes, it is, Doc, but I'm ready. The decision's yours, of course. You came in here on your own signatures, uh, self-committed for um, uh, six weeks. Unless you decide we're too wet-brained to make it on the outside. Why don't you two wait until after the first of the year? So you think we're going to hit the bottle as soon as we get out? Yes, that's exactly what I think. Rather, it's exactly what I'm afraid of. Two alcoholics released from the state hospital at the worst time of the year for lapses, the holidays. You know, I didn't realize how tough Christmas is for a guy who's alone in the world. <laughs> Try doing it every year. No wonder you lived at the bar. When their situations go from bad to worse, will they turn their backs to their old habits? What do you say we... Uh... I'm ahead of you. Come on, there's a liquor store a few blocks down the street. Don't miss this Christmas special classic on the next Unshackled. Heard in the true story of Harlan Popoff Part 2 were Jeff Parker, Oksana Fedonishin, Larissa Julianis, Jack Bronis, Gary Brichetto, and Michael Wallner. Original music, Caleb Tolison. Sound effects, Michael Wallner. Sound assistant, Martin Robinson. Audio engineer, Michael Kahn. Recording engineer, David Pierczynski. Script, John Fornoff. That's it for this week's Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. So until next time, unless our Lord returns before then, I'm Timothy Gregory, your brother in Christ. <laughs>